0: Hey buddy, here my cat. Um, hey buddy. A year from now is an independent show. Um, please support us in the link that goes along with this. Also, the music used is by Daw Actually, they changed the name to Musical Corpses, an online music collective I'm a part of. We do improvised songs in about an hour. It's kind of a fun game you can watch. And This episode has mentions of uh, suicide ideation, self-harm, and it's generally a kind of heavy one. So if you don't want to go through all those emotions right now, um, please check in later or listen to something else, whatever. Thank you very much. And this cat's so cute. Okay, bye-bye. Today we're spending some time with someone named Catherine from Canada who moved to L.A. and worked as a medical marketer. Then she had a kid, and she moved to Vienna. Vienna, Vienna, in Austria, where her husband's family is from. A lot of traveling. But, you know, people move around a lot. I think her great-grandmother spoke Scottish Gaelic when she first came to Canada. Catherine, in turn, found herself back in Europe. None of this is going to be that interested compared to what we're about to get into. It, on some of your Reddit posts, you made some Tolkien references. <laughs> is there any connection to that?
1: Um, I n- not really, no. I just, I just happen to be a big Lord of the Rings fan.
0: Okay, so when you think of the Shire, you don't think of, like, your great-grandmother?
1: I don't know, but I probably will now that you've made that connection. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, we're
0: going to get into things more important than Catherine's favorite author... But it has stuck in my head. It's funny the details that get stuck there. That she likes Tolkien. (laughs) Um, So we're here to talk about how the therapy you're going through, the success of it, the reach of it. Was it a
1: month ago you started this treatment? Um, It was actually several months ago. I was inpatient. I was in the hospital for about three months. And now I'm no longer inpatient, but I'm still going in every couple of weeks.
0: The treatments she's receiving are ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. It's not fully understood, but basically the doctors send small electric currents through the brain, which triggers a seizure and it like restarts the brain. I don't know, reboots it. But it's been working for Catherine, and she's had a very long history of things not working. Even her diagnoses have changed. It's been a long, long journey.
1: I was diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder for probably about 10 years, and um, after my, my son was born, I had a uh, manic episode, and I was hospitalized for um, postpartum psychosis, but since I've moved to Vienna and I now have new doctors, um, they feel that I fit the criteria for schizoaffective a little bit more. That's largely because mm. since my son was born, mm, the psychotic symptoms have become a lot more prevalent.
0: Hmm. How, would the, how would you describe the differences before and after?
1: Well, afterwards the main difference is, is um a lot more psychotic symptoms. So uh here, command hallucinations, voices telling me to hurt myself. How would you describe
0: the voices?
1: It it just it just sounds like there's somebody in your head <laughs> and they're talking to you. It's it doesn't really it doesn't I'm sorry,
0: like someone familiar or just a
1: just a random voice. I heard male voice. I don't know, if some people maybe hear female voices. Too, But I heard primarily just it was just male voices telling me what to do, narrating what I'm doing and telling me what to do. And this happened right
0: when her son was born. As she put it, she and her son have had a rocky start.
1: And uh, mm-hmm. just just all my plans got completely. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Ruined Like, a, and nothing went the way I, it was supposed to go. Everything was a big disaster. And uh, it was a long time before I just finally was just at home with my son, being his mother and being healthy. And uh, so it was my husband that was with my son every day, all day.
0: It's been up and down. Recently, she was away for a while receiving treatment, and her son had to kind of re-familiarize
1: himself with her. It took him a couple of days to kind of get 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 comfortable with me again and uh which was kinda of hurtful but but once he did, you know, we got back on track and, and everything's good and he calls me mama and when he wakes up in the morning he calls my name. So so we're good now. Mm-hmm.
0: But like I said, up and down. Did things ever
1: get back on track? Um Not really, because I, you know, shortly after my son was born, we moved here to Vienna, and um, I don't really like it here very much, and uh, I have, my German is not very good, and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not happy here, but uh, it's, we need to be here for my son. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's okay, but it's better for him. Los Angeles isn't a great place for kids Mm -hmm. to grow up, I don't think. And um, his 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 family is here, obviously. My in-laws are here, so... Um,
0: but you feel a little bit isolated because of the language and...
1: Subjectively, and- yeah. It's been a little bit harder for me because of the language. And and um, one thing I miss a lot is driving. I, when I lived in LA, um, I was always in the car. You're always in the car in LA. And I actually really enjoyed that because that was like my me time. That's cute. Um podcasts?
0: Is, did you did I see somewhere that you said you listen to podcasts?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, podcasts for sure.
0: What, what what's one of the shows you like?
1: Oh geez. let me think. Oh, well I looked. I like listening to Joe Rogan.
0: <laughs> okay. I interviewed a guy that was on Joe Rogan. Oh, really? Dennis McKenna. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he is a like a psychonaut um His brother Terence McKenna was really uh, famous for popularizing like LSD. I
1: know Um, who Terence McKenna is. Wow, that's so cool.
0: Presuming the ECT therapy continues to work, is there anything else Catherine is working towards? She's a private person. I thought maybe she wants to bring her in-laws in closer. She didn't share very much with them about these particular struggles. Would you think that would be um, something you would hope would occur?
1: You know, I don't really know. I I tend to keep my mental health struggles personal. Um, and uh, I just, it's hard for me to even really picture what it would be like if they were involved in that way. You know I just um, I just I don't like to give it much attention you know what I mean
0: <laughs> okay so it's not it's not necessarily that like your in-laws are actively ignoring or no I'm, I'm, I'm quite private by about disposition
1: yeah yeah I'm definitely secretive about it I don't I don't volunteer any information really like I have PTSD and I don't think I've ever even told them that and, uh, yeah, I mostly keep it all to myself. Can you talk about your PTSD? Um, yeah. When oh, would you like to? No, I can talk about it, yeah. When I was, um, young, I was sexually abused, uh, by a family member and, um, repeatedly over a very long period of time and, um... As an adult now, I have um, flashbacks, so experiences where it feels like it's happening again. I have nightmares. I have difficulty sleeping. I uh, I was a really heavy drug user for many years, but um, I'm I'm clean now, and and I will never use again, except maybe
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe DMT. I would do DMT.
0: <laughs> We're getting back into Joe Rogan territory.
1: Uh, yeah, Terrence McKenna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, which um which which drugs were you were you doing a lot?
1: I was doing mostly ecstasy. Um I was um I calc- I calculated it. I I've, I've taken somewhere around a 1000 hits of ecstasy. So I took it 8 or 9 times a week every week for about 8 years. Careful now. Careful now. Baby, you're walking. You're walking on thin ice. Careful now.
0: Have you ever acted on any of the the self harm ideas that you have from from the voices in your head?
1: Um, yeah, I have. Um, I I ran into traffic once. I've cut myself many times.
0: Were you okay when you ran into traffic?
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I just. I got hit by a car, but the car had... He had slammed on the brakes, so it was kind of screeching when it, when it hit me. So it didn't hit me with much force. I mean, I mean, I went flying, but I was okay. I didn't sustain any injuries. Um, That's so wild. I've
0: Because we've all thought about... We've all imagined traffic, and we kind of do that calculation in our heads about, like, what would happen? Yeah. And you did it. <laughs> what, what was that moment like when when you finally... Jumped out into traffic.
1: Um, when, the, when I jumped out, the moment that I jumped out, I, it was really—I um, don't know how to describe it. I just—it was—it felt like like a really strong impulse, and like I need to cause myself harm in order to make up for all of the bad things I've done in my life. You know, so it felt like a penance. You know what I mean? But then, as soon as I got hit. The uh, driver got out and he was so, so traumatized and I just felt nothing but guilt for, for putting that poor driver through that because that's a terrible experience to have hitting someone with your car. When you, you stepped out
0: or ran out, however the physical action was, were you having a, were there, was there a voice telling you to do so? Yes. Or is this a depressive episode?
1: No, these were. I had had voices telling me for a while that I need to, that I need to kill myself.
0: And then in the moment, in that moment, you you just happened to be at a point where you agreed with the thought as well as hearing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just went for it.
0: And afterwards, were you like. Come on, voices! I did what you wanted. How come I don't like? Will you shut up now? Is is there some relationship like that with the voices?
1: <laughs> I never thought about it like that, actually. But um, certainly, they don't go away if you do what they tell you. That's 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 one thing I can guarantee: is that Careful they don't they, they don't go away when you obey them. The glass begins to crash. They they remain. And it was only ever half full
0: from the start. It was only ever half full from the stars. Catherine had... Careful, didn't careful. know how to talk about what happened to her. She did drugs, and then she thought that meant she was a bad person. Had this awful shame spiral. Do you do you understand that, like, like you're probably perfectly good person, but you also still ex- experience this lack of this perception that you haven't contributed.
1: Yeah, no, I think in general I I do have just really low self-esteem. I don't think there's a part of me that feels that feels accomplished or that focuses on my accomplishments. I I tend to I tend toward feeling guilty
0: yeah i'm sorry to hear that i mean i i understand a lot of us um have poor self esteems for no reason it's like a weird part about being human about we can uh-huh. you know hate ourselves so much <laughs> even <laughs> though it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. um, but still you know throughout the year i i you know of course i hope that things get better and uh, me too and can, uh, <laughs> all right do you have anything interesting going on today Today, mm-hmm.
1: well, since you're a stranger, I can I'll I'll, I'll, I'll share. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my my uncle sexually abused me when I was a child, and I never told anyone until last week when my cousin came out and uh, told people that he uh, that he had sexually abused her. Mm. So um, that led me to open up about my experience and um, I am Skyping with my best friend right after we're done here so I can explain to her the whole situation. So that's what I'm doing today.
0: Oh, wow. Catherine, so many big things. She's at the beginning of this journey to end her psychotic episodes with this ECT therapy. Like That's huge, can you imagine? Yeah, she'll be able to be stable for her kid she'll be able to be there fuck she'll be able to do the dishes without having some weird voice telling her that she's a piece of shit like and this huge family crime has come to light and she's be able to hopefully heal you know now people know what happened to her maybe she can ditch some of the shame lessen some of this ptsd huge big year for Catherine. um yeah well, thanks again a million times. I'll send you a follow up email. Um,
1: yeah, we'll
0: now let's crank on the time machine. The year went by, and then I had a hard time getting a hold of Catherine. Willkommen in the A1 mobile box. For Here's me looking. You? Um, I have tried to contact her on Facebook there hasn't been any posts anytime time recently um, and I tried to email we're hoping no news is good news and she's so got it. hopefully it's not something bad I kept calling her this was a bit weird hello hello sir ma'am hello. on the motorcycle the other time I called the number they got off and started walking hello I don't know what's going on all right where's Catherine's number basically Vienna is in fuck do I not know where Vienna is I called the wrong number Austria someone in South Africa not that interesting but it was oddly meditative I would call the number hoping one day they would pick up, but mostly I was just in their pocket. I dialed the correct number. Welcome in the A1. Hello, Catherine. I believe this is Catherine's phone. My name's. That's is Matt all I, I have. I hope you've had a good year and things are going all right. Uh, that's it. Bye bye. Okay, let's slow this time machine down. About six months from my time right now, I couldn't get a hold of Catherine, and so I contacted blah blah blah, 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 blah and I got a hold of one of her friends, her best friend, in fact. Hey, Caitlin.
2: Hi. Hold on. Can you see me? Are yes, I can. Hey. Okay.
0: <laughs> her childhood friend.
2: Um, I live actually, it, I live in London, Ontario right now.
0: One reason I'm talking to Caitlin is she's been Catherine's best friend for a long time. They stayed connected even when Catherine moved to LA, stayed connected after her kid when she moved to Vienna.
2: During the interview, just like, because I'm sure it will come up, Um, precisely how she passed away I don't know the exact details so during the interview I'm just going to explain it as a a medical complication because that's essentially what happened
0: but the biggest reason I'm talking to Caitlin is Catherine died about five months after my interview with her she died in her sleep due to medical complications because of her history with suicide attempts and self-harm. Part of me thought maybe medical complications was a euphemism for suicide. It wasn't. Sometimes bodies just don't work. All of us, our bodies will stop working at some point. And when it happens far too soon, we call that a tragedy.
2: I guess we should clarify with your listeners that in the first episode with Catherine, she references her best friend twice, and that is me. Do you have anything interesting going on today?
1: I am Skyping with my best friend right after we're done here, so I can explain to her the whole situation.
2: I was I was quite close with her during those formative years and I knew her cousin when the information when she told me it honestly didn't surprise me that much I always knew there was something a little bit there was a piece of information missing you know everyone is entitled to their privacy and disclosing what they want and what they don't want so I never really pushed it that much but when she told me I was just like dude this makes so much sense yes obviously yes all of these patterns of behavior and your self-destruction and all of that, this makes so much sense. Now, one reason why it took her so long to actually come out and admit this is that she, like you brought up in the podcast, it's,
0: people to be able to come forward and you think that you're supportive you know like open arms like oh I'm so sorry this thing happened to you
2: you know from our point of view we're like why didn't you tell us like you should tell people you should but that's not how it Mm -hmm. it feels on the inside yeah I'm told but from the victim standpoint it's often very hard to talk about well You know, it was always horrible for me because I had so many behavioral problems. She told me, she's like, it's a very serious accusation. And I had no evidence because she was aware of her sort of destructive behaviors. She might not seem super credible with an accusation Mm -hmm. like that. And also. And also. But also other stuff.
1: And um, there was a reason, you know, it was because of what happened. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And, um, you know,
1: there was a reason. And, you know, so it's kind of validating and vindicating in a way for me to tell my parents because now they have the full story and they understand why I was as reckless as I was when I was younger.
0: I would have a hard time not letting these things, the abuse, the schizoaffective disorder define me.
2: Well, one thing I think that is quite unique about Catherine is that she didn't see her mental illness as part of her identity. It was more like a problem that she, like like a wart on your foot mm. or whatever. It was like a th- a thing that you have to <laughs> deal with. It's there, it's inconvenient, but it wasn't part of her identity.
1: More than anything, it's just a nuisance. Like, how,
0: how does it uh, get in the way of things
1: well you might want to you might just have a project that you need to complete whether it's cleaning a kitchen or running some errands or cooking a meal and uh, it will just get in the way like I'll have voices who are telling me that I need to you know, jump off the building or run in, out into traffic or stab, stab myself, myself with knife. the knife and it's really difficult. It's like, you know, do something in a room with the television that's on full blast, which is as, as loud as it can possibly go, on, and on a really annoying channel, and it's uh, just it's just a, it's just a yeah. yeah, it's just a nuisance. It's the really best way to describe it.
0: It was a nuisance. She knew it wasn't her fault, just something she had to deal with, but unfortunately, part of her wasn't always on board. Kind of had to believe both things that it wasn't her fault; it was dumb, but also.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely hold both true simultaneously. There's definitely an element, an element of uh, guilt and and um, shame about it
0: for sure. But she was on a path of lessening, of quieting that voice, not the psychotic voice. But the voice we all have that feels shame, irrationally.
2: It's unfortunate that she died at the time she did. Obviously, you mean death's, yeah. ne- death's never fortunate. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, um, but, like, she was just on the brink of of, like, creating, I think, true stability. Like, the most stability she ever had.
0: Catherine was getting more stable. Part of that was through her friendship with Caitlin.
2: We were were gonna like search for like a memory game that her and I could both play to help her with her memory. Like these are just ideas that I had.
0: Remember the ECT therapy messes with your short-term memory temporarily.
2: I can help you try to rebuild your memory. Maybe you could get some ideas for games that we could play together. From um, your therapist, and and her memory wasn't that bad. You know, I would just remind her of things. Like I would purposely text her. I'm like, hey, you wanted to remember this. This many days later, don't forget this. Right. Um, and then I was going to try and help her with her language, too, with German. I was going to just, like, suggest that we find some, like, trashy German show and just, like, watch it with <laughs> subtitles. Because we were doing that with other shows, but they were in Spanish. Not because we wanted to learn Spanish, but because the, the trashy shows were entertaining. Because, <laughs> uh, like, when she would be in the hospital and she would kind of be, like, isolated from her family, that's when we would be really talking a lot. Fast. And say goodbye.
0: Catherine's family wasn't always able to be there. And that was no one's fault. They were busy taking care of the kid. Catherine had a lot of time in the hospital. Also, Catherine was
2: private. It's not that they weren't willing to be supportive.
1: Yeah, I was kind of alone in this. I didn't really have they didn't really they were busy with my son, you know, and they didn't really have time to worry about.
2: She had just not crossed that line in that great a detail, like she had with myself.
1: My my problems. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I was pretty pretty much alone. I mean I I mean nobody came to visit me or anything like that. I was Pretty much isolated.
0: But she wasn't entirely alone. She had Caitlin in some form texting, Skyping, parallel watching of trashy shows.
2: Because when she was at home, she'd want to spend time with her son. Granted, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, when she was hospitalized, I would just, I would try to be there for her while she was in the hospital, try to make myself available, um, and just like be as supportive as possible. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Does she have any opinions of the uh God it feels like a decade ago, but I think it was just maybe just a couple months ago, the when Joe Rogan got into some hot water for uh his podcast. Does she have any opinions about that?
2: So I, I think that happened I, I, I think that happened after she had passed away, so we never really got to talk about that. Uh. Which Would have been would have been fun. I would have have loved to hear her opinion about that. (laughs) It's so funny because I keep discovering things that I'm like, oh, I wish I could talk to her about this. Yeah.
0: How did it feel when she referred to you as her best friend in the interview that you listened to?
1: I am Skyping with my best friend right after we're done
2: here. Uh, Wonderfully, I... It felt really good to know that she thought of me that way enough that she would tell a complete stranger that. So that was really nice. I, I knew that she felt that way about me. We were very open with how much we loved each other. Yeah, but just like to hear her say that to someone who I had never met and then she had not necessarily really met in person was was really nice, actually. When, when she first passed away, uh, I, I became like quite, I guess like kind of nihilistic about actual life. Like I was just like, my best friend is gone. Like the person who is inspiring me to be better every day, she's not there anymore. So like, what's the point, you know? Um, but I became more interested in the potentiality of the spiritual world because I was like, well, if I want to talk to her again, that's the only plane where in which that could happen. So I became I became more open to that or I guess like um, I'm happy to sort of explore that throughout the rest of my life. I'm sorry i lost my
1: train of thought but um i kind of lost my train of thought there
2: <clears throat> could you ask the question again i'm so sorry oh no
0: problem uh it was just kind of a because it sounds like you're a fairly analytical person um did you lose or did something else open up that's less Not connected to analysis like that when you lost her?
2: I guess I I would say yes, because I found myself speaking out to her, like, as if she could hear me. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting... I'm sorry. I would find myself telling her I miss her or that I love her, as if she was somewhere that she could hear me. Um. So yeah, I guess. I guess. Yes, yes. I, I, I did become more open, in that sense
0: and it was only ever half full from the start it was only ever half full from the start
2: so i think that she was perhaps like working towards building some better self-esteem um but she unfortunately was not given the chance to do so i mean i always i always gave her props or whatever the kids are saying these days like i was always i was always like telling her how wonderful i thought she is and how grateful i was to have her in my life and back around 2018 where i decided that i needed to improve my critical thinking and she was very instrumental in that it's helped me navigate through life in a much more confident way Yeah, like, she honestly helped me become a better person.
0: Catherine and Caitlin were best friends. This piece is just a little profile of that friendship. There's a version of this episode that focuses on Catherine's sister. There's a version that focuses on her husband. All these little profiles add up to a full person. Each relationship a little block. One version I sometimes think of is the one that would have focused on her son, a little toddler over there in Vienna.
2: Despite all the struggles that she had to go through to become a mother, she really enjoyed being a mother a a little cute two year old
1: he's pretty cute yeah
2: (laughs) and having a child and watching him grow up sounds like he's doing alright though right
1: oh he's he's doing great yeah he's he's his German is better than mine
2: (laughs) (laughs) she wanted to teach him things she wanted to read Tolkien to him right like that's she just she wanted to be there for him
0: Mm -hmm. wanted to be there for him wanted to be here. In spite of how much the world hurt her, she wanted to be here. And I'll try not to take it for granted, being here. This has been a year from now. Thanks, of course, to Catherine for the first interview. It was wonderful getting to know a little slice of you. Thanks to her sister and Caitlin for participating. The show was edited and mixed by me. Music was done by me and the online musical collaborative Musical Corpses. This is the last episode in the Neuron Suite I'm not sure when I will be able to release another batch of episodes. This is a crowdfunded show. Um, So, yeah, we'll just leave it open-ended for now. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.